Which camera am I on? Am I on the wrong camera? What's up, everybody? I'm Dustin Coiner from Talking Motorbikes, Track Days, whatever. Superbike Genius episode tonight. And I'm live with Richard Stanboli from the Fresh and Lean Progressive Yamaha Racing Team presented by Attack Performance. And Richard, if you turn your camera back on, it'd be great. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to find the right, uh, the right camera. I don't know what's doing this, this silly camera thing. Well, it looks like you're up now. Oh, well, you keep going and there you, yeah, you know, attack performance. Uh, you're, you're definitely not an IT guy, even though you're, you know, enough about IT to be dangerous in that world. Um, you're still a mechanic, mechanic, machinist, engineer. Again. All right. Yeah. Qu quit turning your camera off, man. Trying to figure out which <laughs> What's wrong with you? I'm on the wrong camera. I'm on, like, see this? Yeah. I'm on the wrong camera. Okay. Stupid computer. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. All right. Out. So we just had a weekend at Coda. Yeah. And uh, how'd it go, man? Uh, yeah, it went all right. It was, it was up and down, literally. Yeah? Yeah. I'm getting comments that the Shrek and Donkey are back. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, obviously let's just, let's just go about it. I mean, we, um, you know, you had Jake doing Jake things and qualifying and all of that and uh breaking lap record that stood since 2017. So yeah, can, we, can we, can we restart? Cause I, I really don't like this camera. I'm going to switch. Uh, you can... I can't switch it while you're going. Well, you know what? Um, I will I tell you what, why don't you jump out? and then jump back in. All right. Okay, so we're going to do that. Richard's going to jump out and jump back in because he hates his camera. I Like, it matters. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe VP is in charge of the Wi-Fi. Nice one, David. Appreciate that, dude. Yeah, the Wi-Fi, maybe, you know, maybe Richard's got some um, Taco Bell internet tonight. I don't, I don't know. Um, but I guess he's going to jump back in in a second. So stand by and thank you guys for tuning in and watching this thing too. Uh, for those of you who just jumped in, Richard's jumped out briefly so he can switch cameras. I don't know. He was having like a meltdown as he does, but yeah, tonight we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. We're going to talk about Jake breaking lap records. We're going to talk about JD getting on the box, talking about how, Damn near everybody that rides that thing can get on the box. Oh, look, here he's coming. All, All right. right. Now you got the right camera on. Yes. Are you okay now? I'm fine. I'm now, okay. now you have the good side. No, there's no good side of me. Wow. Okay, so. <laughs> Sarah, I forgot for that. I said, you keep, I, I said, I finally figured out why you keep capturing my, my bad side. She's like, why is that? I go, because I have no good side. <laughs> I mean. Whatever, man, you know, um, so like when I talked about briefly before you punched out, um, talking about Gagne doing Gagne things, um, yeah. break it, breaking that old lap record that Roger Lee Hayden set in 2017. Um, yeah. that was actually a good lap record because that was done on a real queue. And those things were worth like a second and a half. If you remember right. more than that, I'd have to go back and look at the lap times that, they were doing in the race and in, uh, you know, and uh, qualifying prior to 
put that Q on, that gives you a little better reference because Donnie did that on a race tire. He didn't do it on a Q. He never ran the Q. Hmm. Yeah, there's yeah, two. Well, so he did. He did it on like a what do they call it? A R seven, right? Or R five? No, R five. R five. Okay. There was only two choices that weekend. It was an R five or R seven. And uh, we'd gone there, uh, you know, a month before, whatever that deadline is, uh, us and Indian and Ducati. And we ran around a little bit and got a little bit of tire data. And so then Dunlop decided, well, it's, even, it's only going to be the R5 and R7 that's going to be worthy. They, they were going to put an R3 on for a Q, but then told them, hey, the R3 goes like seven laps. So it's not really a Q tire. It's more like a, a race tire that won't go. Right. So then they brought that R0, which I think it was okay for that track. Normally, it's not really much of a benefit at all, but that's what JD used. And it was worth something for him for sure. But yeah, uh, Jake just used the race tire to qualify. And I'm, I'm kind of a proponent right now of either real real cues or just ditch the cues. They're just too much of a distraction. You know, especially a track like that, you'll go out and do a couple laps, come in and grab the cue, do a couple laps, your session's over. Right. It's so long. Yeah, so I think uh, we're better off anyway with uh, JK will do laps or JD do laps or P doing laps and, and working on a perfect line than the one bonsai lap. Right. Well, I mean, I noticed what you're saying. I, I noticed that Jake was doing like, I think he did an eight, nine in Q1. And, yeah. and I was like, wow, okay. But then, um, so, uh, Saturday morning rolls rolls up and we're about to go out and I could hear Darren Marshall was saying that you guys had found something and made a change or whatever and yeah yeah man you know how he says right and Darren Marshall yeah. was like yeah man and and basically it was like that was his answer to my question of whether or not they're going to go faster today you know for Q2 yeah. and um, I looked at Mark Gagne and I was like are we going to see like low weights he's like hey he's my kid you know like he's he's all cocky yeah, like he's proud of his know. kid yeah yeah it's super fun and yes yeah, he did eight four on the first race tire and then he put another race tire on came and sat for a minute put another race tire on did eight one we but said he, jd got behind he him like a, he did a few eights though didn't he he was like yeah he did a bunch of eights yeah yeah i mean it it, it was pretty great to see that you know, considering yeah, like eight four, eight six, eight six, eight nine. So the whole right. string of eights on that race tire in the morning, and then he went out and did eight one, and then called it. Yeah, new, new race tire, not a Yeah, and nobody else. I, I, was anybody else in the eights? I don't. I don't know. I have to go back and look at uh, Motor America's results and see. I'm looking at. I'm looking at uh, Q two right now, and on Jake's eighth recorded lap, he did the 081. So yeah, well, that was after he came in and grabbed another tire. Yeah, Richie Escalante no, no. is the Richie. Richie did an eight nine. Yeah, I remember. Um, and, yep. and Heron did an eight eight. Yeah, but you know, Jake was like eight four, eight six, eight six, eight nine. Like he was camping out. He had the RV. He was making some mores in the 08s, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit different kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm getting comments from, <laughs> uh, I'm getting comments, uh, from the one Honda guy there that kind of had, he was a stock thousand guy in, mm -hmm. uh, in the next pit box over. 
Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, the weird Honda guy, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Trevor Watson. And he's like, man, they ran out of RFIs at Coda. We were like, what the, you know, what the fuck? Yeah. Really? How, come how come you didn't bring enough of the quote spec tire? You make us run. So huh. I don't, I don't know yeah. what he ended up running, but I guess honestly, the R5 and the R7 were pretty much the same at Coda. Were they? Yeah, they reacted pretty much the same. The R5 had a little more bite initially, but I think the R7 been better for the long run. I think Heron jumped on that in the second race. I thought I heard something about he, they decided to change tire. Yeah. So, and I think his pace was more consistent with that. Yeah, I mean, I've I've got the lap chart up right now, like, and I'm looking at it, race two. I mean, Heron did Heron did like a like a two ten on his first flyer, a cup like three oh nines, and then he was back to basically low two tens until the last lap. He did a ten nine. Yeah, it's pretty consistent. Got him with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, Race that guy, two. that guy's, you know, not a fan, but he's riding really well. You know, he has his moments. He does, right? Like he's he's and got those moments where you're like, shit, man, where was that guy all year? You know. Well, he doesn't have his moments all the time. That's what. That's the difference between a champion and not a champion. Right. Right. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, but yeah. Okay. So let's get back into the race one. I mean, you've got um, you've got your substitute guy ended up on the podium as well. You know, Jake Jake goes out and just just dish you know mushroom prints everybody basically, right? And then yeah. Jake ends up on the box too. And I'm like, I, I mean, I, mushroom print. You know what that means. I don't know what that means. It, it God, you're gonna make me describe it. He whooped everybody's ass basically. Oh, that, that is, I don't know what that's got to do with the mushroom. It's it's basically he's like, you're going to make me do it, huh? You're a dick. <laughs> wow. And you know what? I, I would too, man. Anyway, so, you know, you've, you've got Jake wins by the Texas mile, basically, right? And then you've got JD, roll, he's the substitute guy, and he goes in podiums like, I was joking with you on Saturday evening, and I was like, dude, it doesn't matter who you put on this thing. You, it'll be in the box, right? <laughs> well, I mean, the R1 in general, right? So yeah. you got to think back. Let's go back in history. So I don't know how many Superstock bikes have been on the Superbike podium, but for sure, uh, Stoltz on the Superstock bike has been on the Superbike podium. I think he won one in the wet or something like that, didn't he, on the Superstock bike? Maybe. Was that Barber, 17, maybe? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, 17, maybe, or something like that. Yeah. You know, and um, then 16, Heron on that mean bike. Right. He, he put the thing on the on the box in, at Laguna Seca, and that's when there was a few more competitive super bikes there, you know, Yosh team, Yamaha team. And, uh, yeah, so there's the R1 has been pretty successful in, in all trims. And then you think about all the guest riders we've had. I mean, Hayes was pretty competitive on it. I think he's probably the only one that didn't get on the box on our bike because he, he had, you know, he fell down at qualifying, so it was tough for Brainer to get up in there. But at the end, he was doing the lap times of the leaders. Yeah. Uh, Bobby, you know, uh, he, has, he hasn't been on the box yet, but he was on pole. You know, that was our old bike with, with uh, Bobby. Oh, yeah, uh, Bobby. Yeah. Fong. Yeah, so I'm just thinking back, and 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 then you had Tony Ilias. He jumps on the bike, finishes second, right? Uh, Heron was on the box a number of times on our bike. Um, 
obviously Jake, when he first hopped on it, coming from Shibes, he finished second in the championship with no, I mean, a little bit of Yamaha experience from when he wrote the thousand for, for the, the, those factory guys. Uh, I can't remember what they're called. Right, but, uh, uh, Walker's program. Yeah, yeah. And so you, you kind of look at all the riders that have ridden it, and they've all been pretty successful. Not, not taking it away from JD because they did an excellent job. But it is a pretty easy bike to ride. I think that's that's what makes the difference. Once the guy gets his head around, I think with with Fong it was like learning the drone of the of the engine. I know um, he uh, some guys struggle with that. Like where where's this thing revving to? I don't even know if they get off a, a screamer like a Suzuki or a BMW or something like that. Oh, okay. They're not used to the tone of the engine. That's the tone, yeah, yeah. They don't know where it revs. That's a new one. Yeah, it no, it does. I heard that. It is different. Like, yeah, you I mean, you've been riding for a while, so you don't really understand what they're saying. But yeah. you hop on a Suzuki, they're going to be screaming. And the, the, the tone changes throughout the, the, the RPM range. But with these things, it's kind of pretty pretty consistent. Right. And so the, the limiter sometimes sneaks up on them and catches them by, by surprise, or they're shifting too early. You know, it's kind of the way when we did the Triumph way back in the day at like Daytona. You know, you say, I always tell the guys, keep revving it, keep revving it. I can't tell when it's not revving. You're not revving it high enough, you know, that kind of thing. So it takes a bit to get used to it, but once they get used to it, it I think they generally most guys go pretty fast on these things. Yeah, I mean, you know, it just shows, like, everybody you put on the thing damn near ends up on the box, right? So Yeah, pretty competitive, how... right? I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're racing the lead group. They're not in the back. Right. So that that that's a good point. Um, but JD was really, really came to track, really really motivated. I think after PIRC, having three races and all that time on the bike, he he he's starting to feel like the bike's his, you know. So uh, the buttons, the rear brake, you know, finger lever, all that stuff, he's very accustomed to using already. And that's yeah. only a couple of events, but I think he really really is motivated about road racing again. I, I Dude, his attitude that. is so positive. His energy in the pits, it's it's yeah. it He's bleeds super focused. You yeah. you guys all you you can tell that his vibe, basically his energy level or whatever you want to call it, like all of that, just totally gets sucks you guys in too. Like you guys are yeah. all like, yeah, let's do it. You know, like yeah, I mean, can people. Campy's kind of the same way. He's he's yep. uh, very very positive, full of energy. You know, focused when the racetrack. Uh, you know, JD's like that as well. I mean, he's all about that motorcycle, all about racing motorcycles. And it doesn't matter if it's a flat tracker or road race bike or motocross. He's about riding that motorcycle. So it's he's a he's a pro motorcycle racer. That's what he is. Yeah, I mean, so he, he was... brings that. He isn't there for you know umbrella girls and this and that and whatever else. You know all the all the uh, distractions. He just wants to ride motorcycles. So it's it's kind of a it's kind of a good a good base to uh, to uh, build up because when you start talking to him and start showing him, uh, I was showing Hannah Lopa the variances that the data puts out and tells you, okay, hey, you're strong on the brakes here, but you're giving up some exit speed or you're you know you're losing time here. So you go through and you show the guys where they're slow, where they're fast, and, and you'll see JD go back and try to adjust it. Um, one of the things I noticed in race one, uh, something that I think Richie has to work on, is Richie's kind of a um, one-angle rider. Is what I've seen. Like he doesn't, ha he isn't real, doesn't move around on the bike like a sewer bike. He's more of a 600 rider. Does that make any sense? Yeah. 
and uh, JD <laughs> was a, was a uh, six hundred champ a couple times, right? Yeah, and, several times and, I think. Wasn't he? But when you when you go, hey man, you gotta you gotta get on the top of the part of the tire. You gotta do this. You gotta do that. And they'll see it in the data trace a couple laps later. You know, you watch the video, and, and and he's smaller, so he can't move around on the bike as much as JD uh, as Jake does. So we you know raise the pegs and change some of the ergonomics for him. And uh, he definitely was uh, was using more of the center, you know, the, the meaty part of the tire than I say that Richie was on that first race because he caught up to Richie. I think he closed up like seven tenths on that last lap. And I think if that thing went one more lap, it would have been over. You know, Richie would have got third and JD would have got second. Yeah. You can see he was giving up, giving up grip. And part of that's because he used the edge of the tire a long, long, long time. So, uh, yeah, so that, that part was good to watch, you know, and uh, race two wasn't quite as much fun. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, Jake kind of uh, after, you know, Jake, Jake wasn't there. Like, it was like not the same dude from Saturday. Um, and, you know, I, I talked to his dad a little bit, and I guess he's got like a carpal tunnel thing going on where his right hand basically goes completely numb and he can't feel the brake lever anymore. Yeah, and JD, I remember JD and him were having a conversation about that, and JD was telling him about how how on flat track his palm was, his hand was going numb, and he couldn't feel anything, and couldn't turn the grip, and all that stuff. And he said that Dr. Brian went in and made an incision right here, and the nerve was all flattened yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. something similar to that. Yeah, yeah, in the palm there, <laughs> and apparently it's like a three week recovery. But he goes in, opens it up, and then he I don't know what he does if he reshapes the nerve or gives it room to uh pass impulses or whatever he does i'm not a wrist expert but apparently they cut that give it a little bit of room and then the nerve starts to work again then you start getting your feeling and uh yeah i, I think jake i heard jake talking to john about about that like my hand went numb or john mentioned to me like halfway through the race his hand went numb yeah and couldn't feel the lever or the grip and, and the right hand turns obviously it's a little bit harder because you have to hang off and so yeah that's something he'll get fixed in the winter and and on the superbike racing again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then JD. No, I, I don't. I don't know if that happens over time. Like you know, the first the first race was good, but I, I remember hearing him talk about it after. I mean, he's not the kind of guy that makes a bunch of excuses. You know, no. he goes out and does his thing. I think he told me, well, he can't win them all. I think after race two, <laughs> I said, no, you can't win them all. He <laughs> <laughs> won them all before. You're right. So, but you know, he he kind of just goes, oh well, I got beat. I've heard him say that before. And uh, he's not going to go and make a bunch of excuses. Oh, my hand, oh, my leg, oh, my this, oh, my that. I had COVID. You know, he's not yeah. that guy. He's just like, yeah. oh, I got beat. Yeah. And then you move on to the next race, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good yeah. attitude to have for a racer yeah. on your team. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I think that's something he's going to have to get done. Yeah. Over the winter. Yeah. And then. I mean, it's funny. We got we got Cam P with a wrist thingy, then you got no movement, and then you got Jake with his arm pump. And it's, maybe the bikes are hard to ride. Yeah, I, maybe, man. <laughs> Jake, up uh, wrist. Cam P was talking about his surgery that he had, and and man, it it's like it's pretty pretty significant surgery that he had. I mean, oh, he, he like he took that whole row of bone out of his wrist right there. I was like, yeah, that's a that's a Dr. Mengele stuff going on over yeah, there. Yeah, dude. Bones are going to stitch you back up and see how much movement you got. Yeah. <laughs> so. Man, he's like took that whole row out, and I'm like, 
He's like, look, I already have more movement than before. And it like barely moves. And I'm like, what? And then you go back and you look at video from the races. Yeah. You can see him. He's like, huh? (laughs) There's a motorcycle. Yeah. There's a friend of mine uh, that raced. He used to race in SV. His name's Al Garcia. Um, And Al Garcia, he broke his wrist really bad and he had it fused. And that's how he would ride. And Campy looked like that, but he was doing that so it wouldn't bend and hurt him. It's like, you know, I could only imagine what he was going through. It's, um, it's got to be painful. So hopefully that, hopefully that sorts him out and he could ride 10 tenths like before. Yeah. You know? So, uh, and then obviously JD race two, colorful. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I kept the race one. He got he got up in there on the inside, and and he said he got in there so hot he does he thought he was gonna knock down a bunch of guys, you know, because he got a good he got a good start, but got in on the inside. Everyone kind of parks it going into turn one, you know, trying to make yeah. that left. So he said he grabbed that rear brake. It's a finger brake, and they had the thing locked up and sideways. I said, well, it's a. Let me see here. You got to start and turn left. Are you sure you're good with that? You know, being flat track. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, anyways, he got in there all sideways, and everybody went around the outside. So he had to fight his way through and got got himself the third. You know, I think I think if he had a better start in the first race, he would have got the second place shot. You know. Yeah. But uh, in race two, he went around the outside and turned in right, and he was right there in P three. I mean, he had a great start and topped the front. And then yeah. we lucked out. We lucked out because somebody else blew up. It was a lot of failures. Yeah, there. That weekend. That was uh the blow up was uh Hayden Gillum, right? His uh, he oh, was like Suzuki? he was like taking his boots and throwing them. You know, he had oil all over him. I guess his shit caught yeah. fire. It was crazy. Yeah, I mean, I have I have my ideas what's causing all these blow ups. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, we can get into detail on that, but. Uh... I'm being told, uh, Chuck Chiquetto just told me that your microphone is loud. So I'm going to turn you down. I'm going to turn your mic down a little bit. Yeah. Okay. How about that, that, Chuck? That's, I don't know. Anyway, so uh, you guys, JD comes in uh, during the red flag and um, the boys go to work and replace a, I think you replaced the foot peg. (laughs) <laughs> no, I just got the parts out. So Lee was yeah. doing something else. I told them as soon as it comes in, because we had a little plan, as soon as it comes in, we know the handlebar is going to be bent because he fell on that side. And then it, I think rolled over the top two. And so as soon as it comes in, I said it's going to be the right peg, right bar. So we got we have a bar that's ready to go with all the electronic throttle and all that stuff on it. And um, then, then I got the peg bracket off. But I told the boys, I said, make sure the tires aren't cut. Make sure the rims aren't bent, and then put the warmers on. Don't just put warmers on straight away. And uh, so anyway, so while Lee was doing that, I got the bracket and started working on the other side just to make sure the bracket was done. And then when Lee was done with the tire, he took over on the foot peg bracket, and I went to work on duct taping the the cracked tail. You know, so it was it all went pretty smooth. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, JD's leathers tore. Oh wow! Uh, zipper opened up on his forearm. Oh. So we spent a little bit of time trying to fix that, and that's one of the reasons why he was out late. Oh. We're still taping that thing up. And then once he got on the bike, he, he was like, oh, the lever's a little too high. So, uh, but, you know, it's, it's one of those weird things. Like, they, 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 they announced one minute, 
but they don't have a clock running. So I was looking up and down pit lane. There was no clock. The clock was off. Yeah. So I don't know why they didn't, they didn't have a clock countdown clock going. And JD couldn't see a countdown clock when he's rolling down pit lane. Otherwise, he'd turn it off the pit limiter and sped. And we would have taken the fine, you know? Yeah. It's like 150 bucks, but at least he wouldn't have to start at the back of the grid. Right. You know, so who, you know, if you know, and you only had ten seconds, just roar up all the way down pit lane and take the fine. So anyway, that was a little bit. Of the whole the whole clock thing is is still kind of weird. But Motor America, I think, has really stepped it up as far as their communication. They had a new app this weekend. Yeah, yeah, we we were talking about that because, uh, you know, this show has been um, critical. It's been quite critical of the yeah. inconsistent lack of lack of communication is the biggest thing I think we've kind of harped on. Yeah, I don't know about inconsistent, but lack of communication. Like a lot of times we don't know what's going on before it happens. Right. But we know what happens when it happens. But sometimes we're not 100 percent sure what happens. And we had that talk with Nicole, and I think I think they they've done a good job with this app. It's not completely fine tuned, I don't think. But uh, it's got some kind of weird name like Sportity. You know, sportity. Sport sporty. Sportity. Yes, that's the app. So you sign up for this thing, and and they give you all the bulletins and all the updates, and they 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 tell you what the grid is, and you get your results on it. So it's kind of cool. They're gonna do finally do away with paper. They promised that us to us. I don't know a couple years back. We're not gonna print anything. They keep printing it. But uh, the old guys like John, he still wants paper. You know, he wants of to be able course. to touch paper. Yes. And I'm like, dude, dude, what's the difference? You got the numbers on your screen right there. Oh no, I gotta, I gotta have it in front of me. It is in front of you. It's right there. Yeah, your phone's in front of you. Like, you can yeah. even zoom it. Like... Yeah, you know, Marshall. <laughs> okay, kind of getting going down, down a rabbit hole here. But Marshall uses sticky notes on his screen, but he uses he uses the digital sticky notes, right? Of course. Yeah, so he makes got to make a note. He's got those little digital sticky notes, and he's got his little clipboard too. Yes. And because uh, he doesn't want to forget anything, but John's got like three or four clipboards with all this. What I call I call the wooden database. The wooden you know? database. Yes. <laughs> I tell him, hey man, what was the what was the air temp? Is like flopping through all this paper trying to get to it. I go, dude, on our setup sheets, you know, there's a spot right there for the air temp. So he's got his like two laptops and his wooden database, like four clipboards. But um, anyway, so he's, he's he, 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 before that, he would take a piece of paper and write down like the tire allocation and tape it to the to the bottom of the keyboard so you can look at it. I go, you know, you could put that on a little note on, on the screen, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a notepad. You know what? He's old yeah. school. You know, he's. I, I don't even know that. He's not much older than you, is he? Uh, three or four years, maybe. Yeah, yeah. like, how come he acts like, how, how come he acts like such a geriatric? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. Like, he's old. He's so old school. I don't think he thinks he is, though. No, but, no, yeah, he, he doesn't. He, You're right. He, he doesn't. He's had, a, he's had a lot of racing injuries. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he acts that way. I think the racing injuries are pretty ser serious that he's had. Yeah. Legs and this and that. I mean, you know, he raced 250s. He's a damn good rider. He's a really smart uh, suspension guy. I think if, if uh, I think it's about anybody in the paddock would hire him. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. So, legend. I mean, 
I was giving him shit. I was like, dude, I was watching that 250 race again. And I was like, man, you put some passes on. He put some passes on people. It was like a, I don't know, it was a 250 race. I can't remember where, but it was like 91. Yeah, but yeah, he still thinks he can, he can hop on a bike and race. Yeah. You know, he goes, well, I got to lose a little bit of this gut. Yeah. <laughs> but he was racing in Canada until not that long ago. Like, I don't know. I can't remember exactly when, but. He was still throwing it in there, I think, on a Harley XR or something like that. Hmm. I think that's when he had his last injury. But anyway, yeah. going down the rabbit hole with sticky notes. I, hey, you know, I mean, that's okay. So how about this? Um, over the course of the weekend, um, we uh, we were in the garages with the door with the garage doors closed. Like um, we kind of got accused a few times by fans and competitors that we were hiding. So what were we hiding from, Richard? The air conditioning. Our garages were air conditioned. We were hiding from the heat, morons. <laughs> like <laughs> those those garages. I think they used them for the classrooms when, yeah. the, when the the bucks up car guys go there do their little club thing. Yeah. You know, you know, they they all sit there in little driving suits and gloves and shoes and stuff. You know. Yeah. And they put out the chairs. They get a track map, and you don't want to make those guys sweat. They're all like jillionaires. So that those those few garages, those first few that probably people didn't want because they didn't have a place to put their trailer or whatever, those things were air conditioned. I didn't even know. Oh, I'm like, so oh, nice. garage fixed. Somebody's pointing up in the ducts. I go, I think these are all air conditioned. I go, really? And then the boys shut the doors. Like, oh, it is air conditioned. Oh, that's cool. I don't think I broke a sweat the whole weekend. Yeah, I felt I felt a little guilty, honestly. Because there was mechanics dropping in the in the paddock and going to the hospital. At least I know one guy that did. Really? Can't remember his name, but yeah, yeah, the guy that uh, Perk. You remember Perk, Jeff Perk? Oh yeah. And he bought one. He bit. He bought Garrett's superbike. Garrett yeah. off superbike, like in twenty one or whatever. Right. And and uh, he was he was racing uh, his stalker, I guess, in superbike over there. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a medical emergency. He had to help. Somebody go to the hospital or something like that. Wow. Yeah. I know that Ezra Bobier was it ended up in the hospital with food poisoning or something. He's like, yeah. hey, man, I talked to him on Sunday. He finally come back and he's like, yeah, man, I ate a taco Wednesday night and it just ruined me for the weekend. You know, to the, to, his to mom the told me it was a stomach flu. I, I know this isn't a travel show, but man, isn't Austin the weirdest place you've ever been? Oh my God! It is the weirdest. Yes, it it's like not representative of Texas, really. I I don't think it's more yeah, like I, it's more like the um, San Francisco in the middle of Texas. I was gonna say Hollywood, but yeah, yeah Hollywood, middle of Texas. Yeah, yeah, middle of Texas, Hollywood. Yep, super weird. There's weird signs everywhere. Oh yeah, people are commenting liberal city. Oh well, that's that's for sure. Yeah, that's, every every yeah, city's a liberal city, dude. No, only the ones with really bad roads, and really bad sidewalks, a whole lot of homelessness, and no public uh, infrastructure. Did you see any any policemen there at all? Um. Yes, but you did I, on the freeways. Not on downtown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had emergency vehicles. Yeah. Yeah, but downtown. We went downtown to have dinner. I didn't see a police night. officer. I I will say this at the at the parking spot that we had dinner Saturday night. 
uh, Gil and I walked back to the car and I had actually re-upped my uh, parking meter. You know, it yeah. texted me an alert like, hey, man, your time's about to run out. And yeah. I was thinking that we were almost done with dinner anyway. And I was like, nah, but this town's weird. So I'm going to pay it like whatever. Dude, I get back and these two dudes were waiting on a tow truck or whatever because their car got booted. I guess that's a thing. Like they go in and they'll put a boot yeah. on your car and they got to spend like $300 or whatever to get this boot taken off. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a, I mean, just the, 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 you drive, you drive into the city and it's like crack house, $1.4 million house right next to it. And, you look, and Will was looking them up. It was like, oh, that's 1.4. I go, are you kidding me? That's 1.4 million. That's like yeah. a few hundred grand in the other city. Right. In Texas. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. In Texas. Yeah. And they were building these high rise apartments over there. And, oh, yeah. You know, some kind of swanky dinner spots and, and lots of people look like they got, I mean, there was a, there was a, a woman in front of us driving a Lamborghini uh, SUV. You look it up. It's like $340,000, that particular model. Yeah. Next to a crack house. It's just the weirdest thing. Yeah. It's weird. Well, I mean, I, I, I told you about uh, the Airbnb that Gil and I stayed at, which was like 10 minutes from there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny. Chiquetto mentioned something like that. He's, he said he refuses to do the Airbnb thing because he doesn't know the neighborhoods. And now I know why. Because I don't know about you, but did your hotel have a street mattress outside? No. Yeah, because our Airbnb did, like down the no, street. No, no we 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 were near the airport. Yeah. Our hotel was nice. So it was a suite. And you know? there there may or may not have been gunshots at like eleven thirty p.m. Saturday night too. That was that was something. Maybe just noise. People that having raised, fun. No, it was clearly gunshots. Yeah, it was like bang bang so bang bang. A, yeah. They have a supersonic crack that followed it. Oh, dude. Like somebody, it, it sounded like somebody unloaded a clip, basically oh, in, really? in, in the air or something. In the but um, it was within the block. Right. You could you you could tell you could tell what it sounds like. It's not a firecracker. It totally yeah. sounds different. Let's but, go back to racing. Yeah, let's. Austin's weird, right? Like, I mean, yeah. you know, barbecue, breakfast tacos, racing. Um, the race team did get breakfast tacos Friday morning. So yeah, those were good. I don't know where you got them, but they didn't, they didn't give me any problems. No, of course not. They're, they're like those, um, like you said, the fancy food spots or whatever. Right. So, but yeah. Okay. So you guys, um, P one and P three race one race two P two and DNF. Um, yeah. yeah, so that red flag came out because of blown engine, and then uh, JD didn't get out in time. So he had to start dead last, and then his opening lap was pretty interesting. You know, he he got a pretty good start. By the time he got, I think, out of turn eleven, going down that straightaway, he was already in like P seven or six. Yeah, and he caught up to Skoltz. Sorry, Chuck. And um, right. he said that said that Matt was struggling a bit, so he tried to pass him going into I think turn nineteen. Right. And uh, you know Matt didn't know he was there. He tightened up the line to go to the apex and 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 uh, 
and JD had nowhere to go, so he pulled the brake and then went over a bump and you know lost the front and crashed. And the map took him out, unfortunately, along with Chuck's bike. So two Yamahas down just like that. That Boom. sucks. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, those guys had a tough weekend, man. I mean, there was a there was a morning warm up session where I was seeing Matt was doing like two twelves, and I was like, Yeah, he was, they, were, they were struggling. I think they missed on the setup a little bit. I'm not sure what the why. I didn't. You know, I, you know, Ed runs a show over there as far as the chassis dynamics and work with the rider and stuff like that. And you don't really want to step on their toes too much. You know, you kind of let them do what they do. And if they get stuck on something, we're always open book. We're right. that way for, for Bobby's team, you know, with Dave Anthony. He doesn't really come over much, but Nick and uh, Robbie Peterson, actually, it's it's uh, Cameron's dad. He, he crew chiefs or he, whatever he does. If you call it crew chief or Nick's a crew chief, I'm not sure who's what over there, but right. you know, that's a Let's call him crew chief. Uh, and then Nick's the electronics guy. I mean, we, we, we consult with him a lot. And uh, especially Marshall, he gives him a lot of information as far as what we're doing with electronics. And try to, you know, try to raise the level of all the Yamaha content, uh, competitors. And I'm getting, uh, I'm getting a text message from Chuck Chiquetto saying that they, were, uh, they started the weekend with back foot-itis because uh, they missed the first sessions for whatever reason. Yeah, well, we did also. Yeah, that's right. We have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell it the way it is, right? So there's there's a number of files that go into the way our our um, software is. We broke out the various parts of the software so we can modify one section and send it in instead of trying to process all, all the whole file. So uh, Marshall missed one file that was already in the system for the dyno. So we run the bikes on the dyno and then we take them to the track and then Marshall does his whole thing. But there was some little glitch with the throttle in the morning. So he got focused on that. He got a little distracted and he left the dyno bit in the in the uh, ECU and both guys went out and the thing was virtually unrideable. Oh, wow. You know, and then we spent quite a bit of time trying to figure out why. And uh, we burned pretty much the whole session. And, and, and then it was like all of a sudden, oh, shit. It was I didn't send this one file over, you know, kind of thing, and it happens the best of them, you know. So we we kind of blew that session, but we recovered pretty quick because we, unlike the recipe guys, we tested there for a couple of days. Right. I think that was pretty important as far as that event goes. You know, we originally we thought, okay, hey, this thing's going to go all the way to New Jersey for the championship. We didn't think Cameron Bobia was going to pull out and get injured and all that stuff. You know, we thought it was going to be a respite all the way to New Jersey. Right. So uh, that that made that made that kind of forced our hand to go test at Coda. You know, it was, it was a lot of money, and it was you know middle of a couple of races, and it wasn't wasn't quite planned to go there and do it, but it was an opportunity. We couldn't pass it up, so we did it. Yeah. And I think that helped us out with having a having a place to go back to if we got screwed up somehow, and we did in the first session. Well, you know, going back to what you were saying too, you uh, because of what you thought with the competition, right? Um, you 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 previously had thought that it was going to go all the way to the end, and you know it forced your hand in the shop too to continue developing the bike, and you know it seemed evident that that was the case because it didn't look like the Yamahas had really any kind of deficit on the speed down the straightaway. Like, well, we have what we got a handle on was the uh, the pitfalls of 
the uh, spec fuel, you know, which the Ducati team still struggled with that weekend and a few other yeah. teams still struggled. Right. And uh, before race two, you know, they, they, they lost an engine in race one. Right. And Heron went out and he was racing around with, with uh, Jake. And um, so they went out and raced one. And then, uh, uh, what's his name? Simone, I think his name is. Uh, the data guy from, from Ducati, right. after the race, he, he came over to our pit and said, did you guys find something, you know, a batch number or something like that? I said, no, we're on, we're on the same uh, fuel, the spec fuel, but I saw you're, you're having some failures. I can tell you what we've done to alleviate the problems. And so I gave him a little bit of information on how to, on the tuning. And obviously their engine didn't fail and damn it, they beat us in race two. And then after the race is over, he came over and thanked me. Oh, so yeah. I thought that, that was a nice gesture. Yeah. He goes, thank you. That really worked. And I don't know if they can do that the rest of the season, but you know, I, I told him, I said, we, we really changed our engine configuration to be able to deal with it. Cause, uh, it seems like every year it was getting a little bit worse, a little bit worse. Just a little bit of background. We've been working with VP a little bit too, uh, on the new fuel, they have a new fuel called MGPR coming out for 2025, uh, 2024. And uh, we've been giving them some information. We've done some dyno tests with it. We, we did a little bit at CODA test and uh, we're doing some long runs on it, trying to see if, if uh, and then basically when you, when you help the guys with fuel like this, uh, you need to give some information. So we're doing some race simulations, long, long ones, along with uh, some new, um, analysis equipment like uh, knock sensors and things like that we put right. on the engine to see where we're at so we've been taking uh you know so you do is you get your threshold of where the knock noise happens and then you try to and then you try a couple of different like the mgpr versus mgp you put in timing fuel mixture this that that amount of airspeed and then you see where the knock happens and you try to avoid that and uh so i think they're they've been pretty good with trying to fix the situation, you know, even though they won't admit there's a problem, there's a problem. They would you know, admit so that's a problem, but they're trying to address it. Well, you know, I was, I was saying before that, um, people are breaking different things. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, I think ADR had a, a brand new OEM bottom end with a race head on it. Something that Westby guys do. They don't, they usually don't even really do anything. The bottom end, the R1s usually just head and cams and, uh, we do the whole thing. But they do head and cams, and the things are fast. Um, the R1's really reliable that way. But you know, Dave broke, or or Bobby broke a, a, a we think a connecting rod. I'm not sure yet. It'll be another month before I take it apart. But some of that stuff comes from knock. You know, so some people have to study up on what knock is and detonation. Detonation kind of knock. Or there's pre-ignition, and that stuff is really hard on engines. I mean, it'll break rods. It'll break crankshafts. It'll break pistons, it'll melt pistons. I mean, all that stuff happens and every engine kind of suffers differently. You know, some people say, oh, it was a bearing. Well, the knock could have taken out a bearing before it took out the piston. Hmm. So the Ducati guys were suffering a bit. Uh, we were suffering a bit. You know, the BMW broke. Uh, one of the BMWs broke. I'm not sure exactly what broke on theirs. You know, the ADR guys broke. There was just a bunch of broken engines. And, and, that, and it's usually always these long racetracks like Road America and right. So, so anyway, um, make a long story short, 
there's certain things you can do to uh, stop it, you know, removing compression, changing your squish number, stuff like that. And uh, we did we did a bunch of work like that in, after Road America just to make sure we can actually survive these races. And, and then we keep sneaking up on it. You know, so that test right. that we did kept sneaking up on it. And we got a lot closer. We knew how much time you would get away with, how, what, what our fuel mixture should be for that compression ratio and stuff like that. Well, it certainly, like I said, it certainly looks like it's making a difference because, like I said, it. I think probably even the announcer guys, you know, Pridmore and those guys were even talking about it. Like, oh, you must have found something. So. Well, we did. We did. We changed the uh, volumetric efficiency of the engine, too. So we went back and changed the port shapes and all that trying to get more out of a low compression engine. Mm. So it was almost like building a, an engine for pump gas and uh, trying to make it breathe like a big cam engine, let's say on pump gas, like a streetcar. Say, I want to get, I want to be able to run my streetcar on pump gas. And so you won't go and put a bunch of compression and you'll be able to. So the mentality of having a race fuel was out the window. You know, and and we've, we've been telling the guys at VP, it's like, look, we've been to Portimao. We've down, gone down a 200 mile hour straightaway, and with a with a world superbike spec fuel, and we take apart the engine, and things look beautiful. You know, the bearings are perfect. The paint on the on the pistons, you know, the coating on the pistons looks like nowhere. There's no heat on the piston, but the things are making crazy power, and 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 especially when they're when they're going down the racetrack and they're breathing a lot of air, so the volumetric efficiency comes up with that as well, and uh, you know you end up with it affects them mile per hour for sure. So, uh, yeah, we've gone up with a little different mentality this year because it seems like the fuel has been degrading. The last year's fuel was better than this year's fuel and we couldn't run last year's engines this year. So anyway. Yeah, that's, uh, well, you know what, like talking about the fuel more, I mean, I could share a screenshot of something. I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Let me, <laughs> this is, uh, this is something that, somebody sent me and um you know they're like did you hear about this and i'm like what what are you talking about dude and um here let me go there stand by yeah so this is um you know this is what was shared with me i don't know can you see it yeah Um, if you are yeah you know it's from not from warhorse hsbk it's it's H B S K. Yeah, H B S K. So like, yeah. so whoever someone's got a pretty good sense of humor. Yeah, yeah, and, and they 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 uh, spelled the they they spelled Coda with uh, with a D. With a D, yeah, must be must be Bill Heron. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so I mean, the D Coda. So like, you know, where were you guys hiding the cheater fuel, Richard? <laughs> Let me, let, let, let me tell you exactly what happened. Okay, I told John Owens as I say exactly what happened because okay. Phil Heron has been muscling or trying to, you know, uh, road racing world to, to report on this rumor. And uh, so before the weekend started, I told Teague, who's the tech director, that, hey, uh, and this actually started after Road America. When we, when we killed a couple engines in the first session of Road America, you know, I, I started getting with BP. They came over, they pulled samples of our fuel and took it back to the lab. And I got with their, um, their chemist, their race director, and, and their uh, director of motorsports. So it was three guys. We had a phone conference about 
and I showed them pistons from last year. I showed them pistons from this year. I showed them the, the difference in fuel. I think we've gone over this a bunch of times, you know, before right. on the show, right? Yeah. And uh, so one of the guys down there in Marietta in California, I said, hey, do you guys still have any of the 22 blend? Because what, what it is, they'll have the X22 or X23, and then the last, like D. D would be uh, the fourth month, let's say. And uh, so he, he said, he brings me back because he's going to come up and get the, get the fuel. And, and he said, yeah, we have one more drum of this X22D. I said, well, that's the drum we had that we ran at. That's the batch because we keep track of all the batch numbers. That's the batch we ran at Road Atlanta. Zero issues. I said, bring that drum up here. I want it. I said, you got any more of it? Because I wanted to kind of do the next couple races on the 22 stuff. And he said, no, it's the only drum we have. I said, all right. So he brings it over. We plop it in the, in the, in the dining room. We leave it there. I said, I'm going to save that for Coda. So we, we get to the track, and we have both the, the current spec fuel and the X22D fuel, which is the 22, fourth month of 22 or something like that. And um, so we, we do race one. We take the scope and we look at the pistons, and I'm like, eh, I don't know. I'm kind of getting a little concerned. You know, I don't like what I'm looking at. You know, and then the BMW, and then not the not the BMW, but then the Ducati blows up. I'm like, hmm, we're like the same same thing with those guys, right? Remember last year, Petrucci burned up a couple. Yep. You know, so I'm like, ah, uh, we have the same kind of tendencies as those things do. So I think I'm going to go to 22, 22 batch. Because the actually the current batch it fools you on the dyno it makes just a little bit better power than the old stuff, hmm. you know. So we take the twenty two batch and we run that. Now Teague knew about this going into it because I told him. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, no problem, as long as it's the same color and it's the same fuel. I go, well, they say it's the same gas. The formulation hasn't changed. I go, but I think it has. So they say no, it hasn't changed. All right, cool. So. We get through race two, Teague pulls fuel from everyone. It's like, hey, this one, the yellow is just a little lighter on ours, you know, because yeah. it's obviously from a different batch. So he's like, I'm going to seal all this up and send it to BP to double check or whatever lap. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. So and that's that. So that's the end of it. Well, I don't know. We'll Why see. Gonna, I mean, so like, you know. That's the whole right there so is this time to turn in the number one plates and you know yeah firing squad straight to firing squad yeah <laughs> like i don't know who comes up with this shit but man it's it's uh it's you know funny. that's that's a sad part of what we do unfortunately the paddock is like a bunch of old women gossiping all the time sorry chuck but that's what it is Right. You know, they're always like, oh, look at that guy, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, oh, I guarantee if it was uh, M4, you know, Vision X-Star yeah. M4, Suzuki, okay, I can never remember the whole name. It's like a long one like ours. Right. But anyway, if if their color difference is a little off, I guarantee everyone would be like, oh, my God, did you hear blah, 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 blah. So whatever. They can have at it. We'll be at New Jersey doing what we do. You know what? I have, I have an idea. We can have Simone from Ducati. Is his name Simone? I think it is. Yeah, that's right. Smart guy. Really nice guy. He's always waving at me. But, you know, since I helped him out a little bit, just a little bit, I'm not taking credit for anything. You know, so I helped him out a little bit. He can come over and pour 
his gas into our tank at New Jersey. Uh-oh. What do you think? I, I mean, but then how are you going to get the cheater gas? Are you, are they going to get, are you going to pour the cheater yeah, gas into Maybe if I just give him that with a ring and yeah, the, yeah. And the yeah. he'll, he'll go and mix some shit up real quick. Yeah. Well, cause <laughs> you gotta have, you gotta have yeah. the secret, the pimp juice, right? You gotta have the pimp juice. Uh, we're going to keep the, the secret sauce on the tires though. The Petrucci accused us of. Yes. Yes. Remember that? <laughs> That's where I was going with that. Yeah. Opening lap, there's something oh. wrong. Well, Petrucci, that was the, it. Was certain members of the team? Right. Oh, was, absolutely. Different Italians. It wasn't. I don't think it was that Simone guy. It was a different guy. I mean, you know, with the with the failures that you saw, do you think that heat had something to do with it too? Or? Yeah, all that. I mean, the fuel temperature goes up. I mean, it just affects everything, without a doubt. Without a doubt, we we were running pretty rich there to stay alive, you know. So we we're willing to give up some top top speed to make sure our engines finished. Right. And we we look at the pistons every every run. I bet if those Ducati guys had, had scoped their cylinders, they probably would have freaked out, and maybe not killed that engine, you know, that they did. Well, I remember seeing you. Um, you know, you have the boys basically tear the their box and stuff off, and I mean, you're in there with the board. You know, with the every single oh. section, yeah, I think yeah. we'd have wear the spark plugs out. Yeah, so uh, I got told, like I said, there's there's a couple ways you could do this. You could do this with 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 low compression, or you can do it with managing when the knock happens and how how to go about adding fuel, taking out fuel, stuff like that, and and working with timing. There's a lot of little nuances about keeping the engines alive, along with even ring end gap and things like that. As soon as that thing gets hot and the rings come together, boom, the, 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 the friction goes way up and now you're, you're going to have a meltdown. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of little things going on and BMW has a handle on it. Maybe because they come standard with knock sensors and those things are developed around all the, all the nuances of like what I'm talking about, you know, so they're able to build a map over there and. But you and, said they had a failure too. They right. did. They did. Yeah. Not, uh, I think, uh, I don't know what their failure was. I, I can't speak to them. Right. You know, so I don't know what it was, but I sure seemed like there was a lot of guys more than normal dropping oil and breaking rods and this and that and whatever else. So yeah, and well, it's not, it's not the paddock's full of morons. They don't know how to build engines. Right. You know, well, I will they say this. My Harley bagger racer buddy, Frankie Garcia was, he was all heated because the baggers didn't drop oil this weekend and the Superbikes did. So he's like, hey, you know. Yeah. They're on different fuel. They're on T4, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're on different fuel. Yeah. Would, that, so, would T4 anyway, work for us? I mean. So this is, this is where this whole thing started. So when VP took over this program, okay, so the, the marketing guys from Motor America, I'm not going to mention any names, but, you know, Jeff knows who he is. And uh, the marketing guys from Motor America kept bagging, kept riding VP to make the cheap fuel for the paddock. Because mm. the paddock is poor, and we want to have be inclusive, and we want a really cheap fuel. So the VP guys got in their head that our, we, we are requiring or demanding a low-budget fuel that's economical. And that's what they built. You know, so now we're like trying to press upon them, myself, T, other team members, 
you know, Chuck, probably Bobby Shack over at uh, over at HSBK. I mean, he would like to have an open fuel rule so we can all run ELF and ETS and and uh, whatever you know, ENI and all the other world stuff that's available. But uh, Panta, you know, all that stuff, you could run big compression with it and go down long straightaways and no problem. Yeah, so we're trying to impress upon uh, BP. I think they have another year in their agreement with Motor America too. Please build us a quality fuel that's made for sewer bikes, the same level as World Sewer Bike. And BP is a gigantic company. I mean, they're already doing the Baja 500. They do top fuel stuff. They do, I mean, they do just crazy stuff all over the place. I mean, we're just like a little tiny little thing to them. Hmm. So, I mean, they have gas stations. That, I mean, it's just a gigantic company. You go into Walmart or something like that, and they got BP products all over the place. Yeah. So, you know, we're more of an annoyance, I think. So, yeah, seriously, but we're trying to walk it into, hey, can you make us a good fuel that doesn't cost us $40,000 a weekend? Yeah, I'm sure you guys would love to spend another, you know, I don't know what you spend per gallon on that stuff, but. Well, all year we've been willing to give up speed. Yeah. To stay alive. Right. You know, you can't win championships if your stuff's on the side of the road broken. Right. But hopefully next year when they when they uh, when they give us the the latest version of the MGPR, hopefully we can work with them and uh, help them come up with something. They already make I think a moto fuel, which is at the higher level of the FIM spec. Maybe that's a way to go, you know, for for motocross. And uh, it's it's at the higher level of the FIM spec. So maybe we can lean on them to get that. It's probably more expensive, but. You know, I've talked to various people in the paddock. Much more guys. expensive. I mean, when you when you shit three engines in one session, how expensive is that? Well, we probably did two that I know of. Right. That I, I think I don't know. Again, it's just in the little chat I had with those guys, not very much. Uh, right. But I mean, you know, the stuff gets around all the old women, you know, you know talking yeah, to the, each other. The, the sewing circle. In yeah. the paddock. Yeah, they're all knitting in the paddock. You know, yeah. talking to each other. Blah 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 blah. Anyway, so. So in you, know that, the, you know who the leader of the sewing circle is too, right? Uh, I'm not going to mention names, but it might be Chuck. Chuck Chiquetto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's the mayor. The mayor is running around doing that. Yeah. Right? So shaking hands. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, I, I heard they killed two. So I think their engines are like 35, 40 grand a piece. Oh, man. You know, I mean, obviously, they didn't kill the whole thing. They got pulled cylinders up, replaced those, replaced the head, right. whatever. You know, I mean, so, but it got to be $20,000 in damage per engine by the time it's all said and done or something close to that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what their whole program is, but, and then to build a spec specifically for Motor America, I don't know. It's not really productive. So, back to, uh, yeah, back to, back to some more racing stuff. There was yeah. a, there was a section, there was a right-hand corner in race two that Jake looked like he was getting murdered. You know, it looked like Richie was all over the back of him a bunch of times. Do you think that, uh, like, what's the deal with that? Was that um, the the arm, the the hand thing? or? Uh, you know, I, I don't know, because we were packing up and doing all. I had to get to the airport at, I went to leave at five. Yeah to get the boys to the airport because our flight was that not a day. So I didn't have a lot of time to debrief. Um, John would have a better answer to that. But I got to think it's, you know, right, right hand turn. So it's probably affecting right. his grip, the grip strength on the bar. It's probably takes your focus on what you have to do. We didn't have any problems the, the day before with grip, never mentioned the rear tire. 
JD mm-hmm. never really retired as far as grip goes. So I think our grip was pretty good. You know, I, I, and the temperature of the track was the same. The, uh, it was maybe one or two C lower. I think we're like 51, 52 the day before. I think we were right at 50. And the ambient was a little bit lower, like 42 instead of 43, something of that nature. And uh, so I don't think it was anything to do with the performance of the bike. The bike didn't change. The tires didn't change unless we got a bad one. So I got to think that it was just struggling a little bit with his hand. Yeah, maybe he burned, maybe he burned it up on Saturday, you know. Maybe, because there was a little bit of decline. But, you know, he's, he's not going to go around going, oh, my hand, oh, my hand, you know. No. No. Yeah. All right, so let's get to some of the comments. Yeah, All right, so Proto says, rumor there's yeah. a 2024 R1 getting a small update. Anyone else heard of this? I don't know anything about any of that. Okay. If I did, I wouldn't tell you because it's not my place. There you go. Um, I don't want to get fired. That. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. Uh, says that uh, David Cross says you've got a better view now because you're not staring at your ceiling lights. So like, I guess commenting on your camera swap. Yeah, straight ahead versus them on my laptop. And it's like going up my nostrils. I don't like it. You're like, oh, I need to trim my nostril. That's great. Or I can lower my seat. You know, I'd be like this. <laughs> You'd be like Gil. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, Pinky says, here's a question for you. Um, how long did you know that Jonathan Ray was going to replace Top Rack? And was, Not Jake at all. Ga- and was Jake Gagne on that list if Johnny Ray didn't take the offer? No, I think Jake Gagne was, you know, part of our program going forward. So, but that's still, you, know, you never know with a silly season. Who knows what will happen? Yeah. But uh, I didn't know about Johnny Ray, and I, you know, Chuck Axland is Johnny Ray's uh, manager. Yeah. But in all honesty, I really haven't communicated with the guys at Yamaha Europe very much this year because we kind of do our thing and we haven't had any issues. And, yeah, and other than a fuel thing, you know, that keeps you in, in its ugly head. But we haven't had any issues with any electronics and things like that. So we've been just blazing the path and doing our thing. And, 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 and the races come one after the other. So you don't really have a lot of time for chit chat. You know, mm. so I didn't know anything. I think it was pretty secretive. Um, Chuck Axel told, I, I spoke to him a bit about it and congratulated him on that little coup that they did. And he has well, he had like... a Kawasaki deal and I, and I promised him I wouldn't mention his little insight on their meetings, you know, so I won't talk about it. Yeah, I but, mean, it uh, just, you know, looking at I, it, I, like... I can tell you this much. He said that Johnny is really, really, like, rejuvenated, motivated. Really? And right. and I know for a fact the guys at Yamaha Europe are, are, like, they're all passionate. You know, so they're very, very excited Italians, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. They're very passionate about what they do. And, and so to have, a, to have a really motivated rider turns them on, too. You know, like, we're talking about the JD thing, how his... Yeah positive, energetic uh, attitude, you know, it's, it, it spreads its way around the paddock and or around the pit. And, and it's the same thing if they have a really, really motivated rider, you know, they, they're, um, it motivates them as well. I remember uh, the Ducati boss talking about that with the young MotoGP riders they get. 
And they said, you know, like the old guys, Lorenzo or whoever, they're kind of a bummer. He didn't say it in those words, but the new guys are there so, so happy to be there, ride the MotoGP bike. They're not getting paid much, but they're riding the crap out of it. And it's just better bang for the buck. And it's, it's always fun to have those young guys ride by. Just have to have a bigger, another container full of bodywork. That's about it. <laughs> a container, like a shipping container of nothing but body. Well, at least a shipping crate. How about that? There you go. I mean, a container, really. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like a container worth. Yeah, think yeah. about what, what Lorenzo was getting paid. You could probably have a shipping container full of bodywork and still save a bunch of money. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it, talking about that musical chair stuff. You know, I mean, it, there's been a lot of that this year. It seems like, you know, dudes that are in contract swapping teams and. You know, guys that have been on the same team forever, swapping teams. Yeah, Kyla went went to uh, you know Titler's right to ride to ride that Kawasaki. Yeah, yeah, she, Kay, uh, yeah, Lockoff, Yakov. Yakov, yeah, 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 Kayla, yeah, and then you yeah, know, obviously, S SDK ended up kind of getting clipped from um, the American Racing Team, and he was right for it. He was writing for another team. I thought. Uh, I thought the other. The other. Yeah, I thought the other guy jumped out of it too. What the heck was his name? They parted ways. On that he had team. another guy, American, on there, didn't he? And they parted ways too. I, I don't know. I, it's I not mean, an in the world, I think. Yeah. But anyway, it's not important. I, uh, Max, Max Toth, I heard. I don't know. Yes, exactly. But he was doing yeah. the Spanish, the the Junior Moto Two or whatever. oh, was he? Okay, yeah. all right, and he jumped out of that deal. Yeah, yeah. Moto Two. Yeah, dude. I mean, uh, you know, that's a that's a tough gig. But there's a lot of that, you know. I mean, obviously, Top Rack going to BMW, and it's just like musical chairs, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Ho hope to not see too much of that here, but we saw it here, right, with Kayla Yakov going to. You know. Yeah, I know that uh, Bobier's on another year with with Titlers. Yeah. But Jake Jake is open right now. I know. I think he's got an offer from Yamaha, and and I don't know what all the details are. So I'm sure. I think Yamaha would like to have him back for another couple of years. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, you know, I hear rumor of uh, maybe Essenson coming road racing. You know, flat track team. Nice. Yeah, so if that happens, maybe JD will be on a super bike. I know JD wants to ride a super bike. I know that for a fact. So yeah, well, I think it might be might be worth some team, some team having them if Essenson doesn't do it without a doubt. Right. Yeah, there was yeah. more. There was more talk of the rumor of that um, other team showing up to the paddock. I don't know if it's Essenson or the Honda thing. I keep hearing that. So. Yeah, the Honda thing may not, maybe it won't happen until the following year. I really hope those guys get their stuff together and find a good team to put put their their logo on. Yeah, because I think they're going to come. And uh, you know, I think they even wanted to talk to us, but I'm pretty happy with the Yamaha deal, even right. if it's not super lucrative. I just it works for the business. It, I mean, the bikes are good, the people are good. You know, I, I'd like to continue with that more than anything because our contract's up as well. You know, oh really? We have, yeah, we have an offer on the table and it looks good. You know, I mean, it's. I wouldn't say we're, we're gonna, I'm gonna get rich off any of this stuff. That's for damn sure. 
you know, but my, my policy has always been if I can break even going racing, that's a win because most people lose money going racing. Well, yeah. Rush well, made rich. They didn't make money going racing. So they tell me. <laughs> I don't know how it works. You said that out loud, dude. I love that. <laughs> well, that's what Chris told me. He said, my business is racing. I said, well, you must make money at it. But I yeah. think I'm, I, I tell my team that I'm an, I'm an amateur because I don't make any money doing it. Yeah. Because <laughs> to be a pro, you have to actually, actually have to turn a profit. And okay, so uh, uh, eight forty eight Evo. I think that that whole deal, at, 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 you know, uh, Vision X Star M four Suzuki, they I think they've stepped it up pretty good. I congratulate those guys after uh, after race one. I said you guys deserve this. You guys really done a great job bringing bringing uh, Richie that far forward. You know, I mean every every time he he turns a wheel that thing, it seems like he's getting closer Dude, and closer. And closer Richie and closer. is. Richie's getting better and better. It seems like every weekend. Well, so it yeah. takes a team to do that. Yeah. Yeah, you can put him on some bike, and he's gonna be struggling. I mean, it takes the whole team to do that. Right. Right. And they've been chipping away, you know, and he's got a podium now. So that was his yeah. first podium, right? Or I know. I know. I, man, I thought I had one before, but then they're like, "Why are you guys so happy?" <laughs> yeah. That was our first yeah. podium. We're going, oh, shit! I thought you guys had one before. Yeah. 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 Okay. So 848 Evo wants to know how many front and rear compounds are there? Um, well, rear would be R0, R3, R5, R7, R8. That's five. R8. Yeah, R8. That's where we use the Laguna. Okay. Yeah, because the track was so abrasive and so new and it had just a, it was like Velcro. So any tire would stick to it. You just need some tire that didn't fall apart. So we ran the hardest tire, and it, it was stuck like Velcro. And uh, same at Road America, it was fresh, freshly paved, so the R8 was a choice. And then, uh, and then there's an R0 on the rear, which is the qualifying tire. Oh, But okay. at Crota, we only had the R5 and R7, because that was the, the wear, the it range that they wanted. I was thought they might bring an R8, but I think, I think they made a good choice of those two tires. And yeah, I told Hunter from Dunlop, I said, good job, man. You guys were able to break the track record with one of your race tires that was done on a real queue. I mean, to do that, that's really, really good for him to go that fast on a, on a regular tire. It's just taken a while to get our heads around how to make that tire work on our motorcycle because we didn't test with it in the winter. We test on standard tires. But anyway, uh, then on the front, there's an R0, R3, R5, R7. So there's four four compounds I know of on the front. And we've used all of them. Some places we've used an R3, some places we've used an R0, some places we used an R5. Like at, uh, I think at Laguna, we used a R7 front. And uh, even that one was getting a little bit grainy. And uh, at uh, Ridge, I think, not Ridge, but Brainerd, we used an R0 front. And uh, sometimes an R3. And, and then at Coda, we used an R5 front. So it's kind of, how the track puts the heat on the tire and how, how hard the braking is and what the turning's like and what the feeling is for the rider. They all pretty much gonna do the same lap time depending on the surface. Hmm. The front all anyway. So next question is uh, from Tim P. He says it's weird to him that the R6 can no longer be run after next year, but the Shivey BMW is like seven years old. That makes no fucking sense. Mm, yeah, I don't know. 
It's not my not my wheelhouse. <laughs> now, Yamaha's got a new bike. I think Yamaha's got a new bike coming out. They'll probably you know uh, announce it at some point, not next year, year after, or something like that, and to as a alternative. As a, but you know what? That R6 is such a good bike. I think it's going to stay around for a while. I don't I don't know exactly if the R6 is going to go away after next year. Uh, there is there is a GYTR head that's going to be allowed, which is a special head, all CNC, special casting, I do believe, no epoxy. Or you can get an epoxy-filled head and do the same thing as World Supersport does now. That's allowed. And you can run either YEC. I talked to Teague about this. They can run either YEC or they can run the GYTR head. They're open to it. Or the Mechtronics World Supersport ECU. It's kind of like... Just run, run what you need to come to the racetrack. That's kind of the attitude of the R6. Wow. And uh, yeah, so but if you get the next gen thing after that, then it's going to be pretty much control ECU and control torque delivery and all that stuff to where it's really going to be a rider's race versus a um, versus a oh I'm able to draft this guy and beat him down straight away. Hmm. Although it looks like the Suzuki's were pretty much dominating the straightaway, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know that Forrest is a good rider. And he deserves that championship. He had to learn all the tracks. And, uh, you know, he did a good job. Uh, but that Suzuki's pretty freaking fast. I mean, it passed him. Although that last lap, that last lap I watched, you know, what's his name? Is Tyler Scott? Is that his yeah, name? Yeah, Tyler right? Scott. Yeah, the last couple laps, laps, really. Last couple laps. I mean, you rode the freaking wheels off that thing. I, I don't know. What happened with those guys? I mean, they used more off-roading than they did on-roading on that last lap. Oh, I mean, what green? Like, did they both get penalties for going all over the green? I mean, I we, don't jumped, so. we jumped the green by this much at Laguna or whatever, right? And they were like in the parking lot racing. Right. It was fun to watch, though. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those last two laps were amazing. And, yeah. you know, Forrest still took a shot even, okay. I mean, he took a shot at the end. I mean, he lost, but he still took a shot, and it was awesome. So, yeah, no, he's not. He's not a give up guy whatsoever. No, sure. no. Okay. Be, I think he might be on the superbike next year. Is what I hear. So, I mean, think about the superbike class. You're going to have uh, Matt possibly over at Westby. Then you're going to have Forez on something. You're going to have Heron. You're going to have Bobier. You're going to have Jake. You're going to have Cam P. You might have JD, PJ, you know, uh, PJ. I mean, it's going to be stacked. Yeah. To get in the top five, you're going to be you're going to be in good shape. Yeah, man. That's 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 the best racing is when it's like that. It's probably going to be about ten really good guys. You know, and then and then you know, I noticed that um, uh, Shaggy's bike has been getting closer and closer to the front too. Yep. You know, as ancient as they say it is, but. Uh, you know, uh, that's 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 been getting better as well. Yeah, yeah. Ashton's. I, I talked to his dad quite a bit. He's a man. That dude's. He was one of my heroes, right? So yes. talk, yeah, uh, yeah. No Aaron, Aaron Yates, man. Well, no, because he doesn't ride no more. So it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. But man, when he was riding, it was like it, he was a wild man. You know, yeah, he was a total goon, which is like, right. The, the, the flying karate kick. The that was at the end of his career, and that was you know. That was Daytona. I, I yep. 
Yeah. We watched that live during one of our Hooters parties. <laughs> the flying kick. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Did you, got, was, did you end up missing the next race? Some other band for a race or something? Like I, I can't remember. Aaron did a bunch of weird shit. You know, like he threw rocks on the track to get a red flag once, I think. He laid on the tracks, Freddie. Or no, that was Miguel. He laid on the track, I think. I don't know. I don't I think Aaron did that too. Yeah. He might have anyway, done both. I, I know. But I yeah, know. I mean, you know, uh, legends, you know, so just getting yeah. to talk to him. And I guess they, he had made it, he had uh, made suggestions and they, they made a change and he's like, see, man, that's, why didn't you do that from the word go? You know, I mean, just cause he's Southern as shit. Right. So yeah. su super good dude. Um, but yeah, uh, we saw this one guy walking around in the, in, in the pits and um, this guy pinky commented that, you should put Colin Edwards on as a substitute writer next time. <laughs> yeah, Colin Edwards. I saw Colin him. Edwards looks fit, doesn't he? That that dude, I hear he eats terrible and he never gains an ounce. Yes. But he was there in our pit uh, yeah. talking to Tom because Tom was his motocross mechanic when Colin was like oh God. 16 or 17 years old or something like that. I mean, I don't know. Tom probably tell you the whole story, but. I mean that, and then he went to road racing, and you know, I met I met Conrad's dad at, at, at Big Willow. I've probably told the story before. Sat in my trailer when I was racing, I think it was like 1990 or 91, and that's when Colin got the uh, got the ride on the 250 from those guys in Texas, and then he went on to do uh, do some you know superbike after that, and went back to Yamaha, and then the World Superbike, and then obviously Grand Prix. And uh, yeah, I mean, the guy's a legend. Eric Bostrom was there too. He said hi to me and Ben too. Eric ben, and Ben. And Eric, they're both there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool seeing those guys just coming in, hanging out. I, I think yeah, uh, I think Eric and Ben were there to do a Ducati day on Monday. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. Yeah, we chatted a bit and told him I still tell stories about him. Yeah, yeah, he's. He and Ben both are cartoon characters, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, still super lean. Yes. Um, so Proto, Proto says, after all the Moto America talk, uh, can you ask Rich why Yamaha can't get the power for MotoGP that Ducati makes? He said he read news today that Fabio says that there, he doesn't feel the difference between the old bike and the new 24 spec engine. You know, I don't know that much about what the MotoGP guys are doing because I, I, I could out answer more about World Superbike, I think, than MotoGP because that's just like a whole other realm. You know, I'm just so busy with what I what we do here that that uh, just don't have time to even hobnob and ask questions. You know, yeah. Other than what, what he sees on on television, same thing I see. Why, why are they not there? You know, I think. I think if I if I had to guess, I'd say that the uh, the business model for development in Japan is a little bit different than the business model in Italy, or in Europe, in Austria, or wherever like KTM. I think though I think the Italians and the, the Austrians or whoever, um, you know, Aprilia, KTM, Ducati. I think they're a lot more like our shop, where they go. I think I want to do this, and then two days later they're doing it. Where in, I think in Japan it's a little more controlled, a little more um, safe, you know, a little more regulated, and I think that's that 
doesn't fit with right now with how fast the development's going on with in MotoGP. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. I think, I think the jumps aren't big enough. And so, um, you know, you don't, they don't, they don't, it's not as a, maybe the develops not, that's just me guessing, but thinking of the mindset of what I've, when I've worked with a Japanese before with Kawasaki or Suzuki or whoever, the very, very controlled, very, um, conservative. And so I think it, it doesn't fit in the current MotoGP mold, you know? Right. Right. So let's see here. There's a, there's a comment about your, um, whether or not your engines are developed in house. And then the same dude has a few more questions later. Yeah. Uh, like about yeah, well, here. Yeah. So do everything here. <laughs> and, and you know what, for those that don't know, when Richard says they do everything here, he really means they do everything. Yeah, and like they make everything like basically the only the only thing he doesn't make is the the mainframe the, and uh, the cases body like, work. Body and work. Body work. Yeah, yeah 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 but you know swing arm all that trip clamp all you know, basically everything outside of the cases and the frame yeah. you know pretty much yeah we build the harnesses we do all stuff. obviously we're not making the hard parts we're not making Lambda sensors and dashes and, and ECUs, but right around the hard parts we, we build in house. Yeah. And then, um, how, how much does, would an attack swing arm cost or is it available to the general public? No, until they mandate that we make it available, we're not going to sell it. I would refer them to suitor, our sponsor. Yeah. You know, they, 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 they supply us with clutches. And, um, they make a really nice swing arm that they can, that's what the Westby guys use and it works fine. You know, just better just getting the, the right shock for the linkage that they supply and the spring rate and all that kind of stuff and length and blah, blah, blah. They can do all that stuff in moto spec, which we're going to talk about, I think after the season's up, right? Yeah. Have a series of moto spec. Yeah. We, yeah, we've been kind of teasing the moto spec thing for a little bit. We're going to go, we're going to put the lab coats on pocket protectors, the glasses and everything. We're going to go full nerd. Yeah. Right. I'm going to have to get it. I'm going to go get a lab coat just to be funny and a stethoscope yeah, be, or something. I'll, I'll be the guy with being full nerd. You'll be just sitting there going, uh, what does that mean? You're like, do you, do you follow me? And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's yeah, all right. I tell riders all the time, get somebody else to work on your motorcycle. As soon as you start working on it, you go slower. Yeah, that working on bikes is dumb. I no, it's not doing it. Not doing it. Yosef Yosef uh, used to always make fun of me when when he'd work on my. Actually, I got to bring it back to you guys so he can make fun of me some more. But um, yeah, <laughs> totally agree with that. Don't work on so, your own bike, guys. Question wise. Do what? Any more questions? Yeah, yeah, there's, a, there's uh, let's see, Anthony Miller wants to know, like, what type of electronics you guys are running on the, on the quote, factory bikes, without divulging too much, obviously, uh, not a YEC pack, I'm guessing, is it the same across all the teams? Uh, we have Morelli MLE 240s, that's the ECU, that's the same as World Superbike, it's, uh, so Yamaha Europe develops the software. They use a Japanese version of the same on the same ECU that we're not privy to. 
but it's basically the next level down, but they, it's really, really capable. So I don't, I don't know how much better it could be to the, on the Japanese version, but it's really, really capable. And uh, it's the same thing that their satellite team, GRT, uses, same as Westby uses, same as uh, uh, Bobby Fong has on his bike with the ADR guys. Uh, it's the same as um, Perk had on his bike when we sold him that Garrett Gerloff bike. So he still has that. So it's all Morelli, Morelli software, right. Morelli MCU, yeah. Right on. And, and the other teams are using basically that too, right? I mean, Morelli. What, what are the other teams? Uh, the Suzuki uses Morelli. I don't know what BMWs use enough. They use a Bosch ECU or if they use a Morelli. I know the World Superbike team is kind of going back and forth with it. Mm. So I don't know what, what Alpha sells those guys. I have no idea. There you go. Well, yeah, Th there you go, dude. Hopefully that works out for you. Um, Tim P says in some club racing orgs, they use, uh, they use a pump around where you can go to tech with a full tank and then they suck it out into a 55 gallon drum and then it mixes with everyone else's gas and then refill. What? You know, like I said, I think, I think it would be, it would be good going forward. And I, I didn't think about this until this latest little drama is that they just mandate that everyone buys their gas at the track and then they have sample batches to compare against. Yeah. Right. Instead of going, oh crap, this looks a little bit different. Hmm. What am I going to do now? So that's kind of the, the position that Teague was in. And my guys, I mean, I was on the way to the airport. My guys were like, man, Teague was kind of like running around circles and trying to do a bunch of stuff. He wasn't in a very comfortable spot. And I, my, I talked to him afterwards. He's like, hey, man, I think he saw that that quote or whatever the hell that thing was, that fake yeah. thing there. He said, no, that's true. No, that's true. I said, I'm not worried about it. You know, you're yeah. worried about it. I'm not worried about it. And uh, I go, just let it play out. Right. Uh, you know, drama. Paddock loves drama. Yeah, they do. They do. I mean, I, I got sent that screenshot by multiple people. And, yeah. Um, and yeah. None of, not not a single one of them recognized that it was BS. BSK? BSK. Come on, guys. Like, and it didn't say Ducati in the name anywhere. It's like, you know, all they had to do is do a search for that account and couldn't find one. Does the H, does the H stand for Heron? <laughs> I mean, maybe, I, you know. Not not the son, the dad. Right. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, yeah so Rick's yeah. pick said Corey Alexander said he blew two engines. And you know what? I, I, I'll give I, – I, I did listen to Jason and Greg's podcast this morning while I was riding the bicycle. Yeah. And yeah. you know they they talked briefly about the the fuel thing too, and um, but then later on you know, they were you they know were talking about Corey Alexander kind of it sounded like Corey's been kind of getting the shit into the stick over there, man. Like you know timed out engines and that kind of thing, and I'm like, whoa. Uh, I don't. I, maybe maybe I don't know. Yeah. Maybe his his crew chief is is a good pretty good friend of mine. I mean, he worked for me. Way back in 2001 with Pridmore, when Pridmore was riding, it was Carl Steyer. So, I don't, yeah. You know, I think it's just a matter of how many parts they have. But three ride teams are really hard to put together, you know, and, and some bikes are getting crashed up. I know Corey destroyed a whole motorcycle and they had to put one all back together. I mean, 
Right. You just don't know what's happening on the back end of a team. Just like I kind of felt bad for the Ducati guys blowing up two engines. Yeah. You know, that great. And 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 then is their guy coming over and asking us for advice? Like, you know, what do you do? What, what's yeah. going on? Did you find a different batch? Is this, that, whatever? And and you know, I felt bad for the dude, or else I probably if it was the guy was a dickhead, I probably wouldn't have said anything. You know, but. Yeah. I, we've been in that position before. We're down our last engine, and we're like crossing our fingers, you know. And it yeah. worked out for them, so good for them. But I, yeah. I kind of understand what happens at the back end of these teams, and I, I don't, I don't. There's no glory in that, you know, like gloating on. Oh man, that's how bad things happen to that team over there, you know. Like, right. I wasn't a big fan of of Cam Bobier falling down. No, it made it easier for us, but I, I wasn't a big fan of him not coming racing. I, I wasn't a big fan of the Ducati blowing up. You know, I'd rather have a nice, fun race to watch. You well, know, so you know, I mean, Bobier, I guess he was way more fucked up than he told everybody. You know, I, I guess he had surgery and stuff. Like he, well, on his knee, I think, right? Yeah, like his knee was all fucked up. Like it, you know, he's such a tough dude that he like he, he kind of like makes it seem like it was no big deal, but then <laughs> it was a big deal, like. Yeah, you know, I think he did the right thing. I think yeah. he did the right thing. He's going to be an animal next year. It's going to be tough. Yeah. He's going to really work for the winner. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Christopher McQueary is like, is it squiggly line time yet? <laughs> yeah. Like, probably. bro, we're like an hour and 30 minutes into this thing, man. Like, Oh, yeah, it's that time, huh? Should I do a squiggly line thing? What do you want to see? I mean, uh, you know what? Let's do a comparison of the straightaway speed from last year versus this year no there's no difference i'm not gonna give you that okay <laughs> <laughs> wow um now, actually, actually we're, faster. we're faster this year because last year if you recall we we smoked a couple engines in in qualifying and you made so them you made them slow on purpose so they were really slow they were like 10k slower than this year Really, so I can tell you that, but I can't give you the, the full full enchilada. All right, all right, there you go. Got to keep some mystery Man, there. You know what? We don't need to do squiggly lines in this one. I mean, I I think you know, I, I want to show you this interesting. Okay, yeah, it's about you know JD like coming uncorked. Yeah, in that opening lap. Yeah, let me show you his throttle on time because not one of our riders have been able to beat Jake's throttle on time. Okay. You know, another rider, right? We're always telling them, look, you're still two yeah. or three seconds behind. Yeah. So let me show you this real quick. Let me, yeah. let me just. Get, get Here you go, thing. Chris McCreary. We're going to full nerd again and we're going to do yeah. squiggly line duty. So race two. We'll do, we'll do the, yeah, JDB, that guy. And Gagne. Yeah, people this are is, asking for breaking zones. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. We can do that too. There's. So let me, uh, Uh, hold on. I didn't open it properly. So, so while you're searching for that, I just wanted to give you a heads up. I am 17 days away from the, the big bicycle ride. What is that? Uh, San Francisco what, to LA. What is it? San Francisco to LA. Okay. Yeah. You said, okay. Like, eh. <laughs> I mean, that's a big ride. I can't even imagine doing it. Yeah. So, all right. So here we go. Uh, share screen window that one. 
Do you see it? Uh, takes a sec. Yeah, I see it now. Yes. Okay, so let's let's eliminate some of this nonsense. Um, eh, it's pretty pretty much whatever. So if you look at this green line and the red line, so if you go up here, you're gonna see that Gagne is red, okay. right? Yeah. And you see the green? That's yeah. JD. So what this is, this is the throttle. Maybe I just get rid of the grip so it's, or a brake, so it's a little bit less, less of a, a little more obvious, right? So this, what this tells us is how, how long the guy is on the throttle for that lap, right? Okay. So again, Bonnie is, is red and JD is green. So on that out lap, I think JD lost his marbles. And dude, just went. What the <laughs> hell, dude? <laughs> and he went lunatic, right? And I mean, I'm looking to the right too. Look at over on the right side of the screen over there. Yeah. So dude. this is this is from a, this is from a dead start after the restart. Okay. JD uses more throttle than Jake until he gets to here like full throttle time. So he's up on him. Uh, where's where's the throttle throttle thingy? Uh. Let's see your grip, grip, break, break, full throttle time right here. So by the time he gets past the S's, JD's already put almost a full second of full throttle time on Jake. That's how much he wants to get to the front. And then by the time they get to the end of the straightaway, they're dead even, 16.3 seconds, 16.2 seconds. And then JD continues to put more full throttle time on Jake, you know, going through everyone. By the time he crashes, right? into Skultz, sorry, Chuck, he's already two seconds up on Jake on full throttle time. Jesus. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting. You know, so that was, that's like, uh, I haven't seen that before. Like Jake's always been the man with the full throttle time. So it's interesting. Anyway, look at some of this. He really is a lunatic. <laughs> you can look at, you can look at somebody's mind when you look at somebody's squigglies, like, fire you know yeah if i started dead last he was like i'm gonna make up for this on this <laughs> opening lap i wish you had taken maybe one more lap <laughs> at least one more corner to try to pass goals <laughs> maybe if they wouldn't end up on the ground man but whatever it, it is what it is it's history we'll go we'll go to uh, new jersey and try again and i guess you know will uh will told me that um that chris rutledge the bet that he had made at daytona with them is uh a no go, I guess. Chris didn't. Chris didn't grow a beard, so. Uh, well, the shape is up. Yeah. So, yeah. No. No. Chris was supposed yeah. to grow a beard, um, and, and I think there was like a championship thing as well. But I guess the bet was like, okay, Chris shows up to Jersey with the full beard and the whole, you know, the will curls. And um, if he did that, Will was going to take a swim in the pool. Oh, that pond? Yeah. Yeah, no. And I guess he doesn't have to now because Chris shaved. So. Yeah. He... I think Will will turn chicken on us. Or that. Yeah. 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 He, dude, he was pretty adamant about it, too. He was like, nope. He... <laughs> like, I'll have to go back to my video. I, I don't know if I got the whole thing, but I know I videoed some of that bet 
So, um, yeah, I, I don't blame him for not wanting to swim in that cesspool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, any more All questions? Right, man. I, I think we're good, dude. Uh, good luck at Jersey, and um, I guess we'll have another show at the end of the season, and then we'll do the multi-part photo spec. Yeah, show up in New Jersey for the you know the knitting competition we're going to have in the paddock. Yep. Yep. I mean, I know Chuck's getting his sewing machine. I think it's a singer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> He's got one of them classic ones with the cast iron and all that. So Yeah. Yeah. Big yeah. cast. Yeah. 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 That's why the Westby rig, you know, that's why it is the way it is because it has to haul that big ass sewing machine around. Yeah. All right. All right dude. See, See ya. ya. Yep. All right. So I've.